0: Welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You're joined, as always, by Melbourne writers, Michelle Andrews, that would be me, and Zara McDonald, that would be you. Hello, and we are joined, as always, by producer Annabelle Lane. As always, hello, hello. G'day, girls, coming up on today's show. Georgia loves influencer holiday to Saudi Arabia is slammed. Kylie Jenner's baby isn't called Wolf anymore. Molly May makes a surprising move regarding her new home. South Wales Police are investigating that married at first sight nude photo scandal and then a pretty wicked mailbag. Is it okay to be offended if you're not in a close friend's bridal party? But first, Zara, how was your week? Pretty wicked. Wicked. I knew you were going to say that. wicked. Gnarly. I had a good week. I had a
1: really, really good week. I had my younger brother over for dinner the other week. The other week. Oh my gosh, this is a great start. <laughs> the other night. And when I texted him to invite him over, I said, Hey, do you wanna come over? We're making pizzas. And he said yes. And I said, Cool, I have to read my book club book before tomorrow. Surely this is an hour job. And he said, yep, sounds good. And I showed Ollie the messages saying, great, he's going to be in and out within the hour. Which we love little brothers for. And Ollie said, you can't be doing that with people. You cannot give people an end time <laughs> to your dinner date. And I said, I would not socialise as much midweek with almost anyone if I didn't hint towards an end time. With my family, i tell them exactly when to leave. So is that your wording, this is an hour job? I said that to Liam. With mum and dad and my other siblings, I don't think I'd be as explicit. I have in the past, if I've had them over, just not turn the lights on as it's gotten (laughs) really,
0: really dark. I've done that, but I think, especially with family, surely that's a total go. I love that darkness just descends (laughs) on the room and you were just so stubborn, you're like, get the fuck out of my house. (laughs) I'm I'm not wasting electricity. (laughs) Do you do that? I do it with my siblings, I think. And I think little brothers are actually perfect for this because my little brother, who gets forgotten all the time, Annabelle turned to me this week and goes, oh, it's like, that's because. You're from a family of all girls. I'm like, I do have a brother, Annabelle. You have known me for like five <laughs> years. I'm so sorry. I'm sure your mom she <laughs> always gets forgotten for Tom, but Tom came to dinner earlier this year. Very early this year and he was in and out I reckon in like 40 minutes and that wasn't even planned he's just like they're there for the food they're there for a quick chat and then they're like wanting to go home yeah
1: with great respect to younger siblings I don't think they ever fully overcome that role of being the freeloader (laughs) so it's like I'm here for the food even though I work full-time now I will still come (laughs) eat and leave that is exactly how I wanted it and we love them
2: we love them for it
1: I do have a recommendation this week I'm obsessed with my own recommendations so bear with me I am recommending a television series by the name of We Crashed. Now, that might sound quite familiar because I recommended a podcast by the same name by Wondery a couple of years ago. That podcast has been turned into a TV show. Now, this sounds familiar. Yes, I recommended the dropout as a podcast and then the dropout as a TV show. <laughs> I would say We Crashed is a much, much better adaptation from a podcast. It's remarkable. Right. Now, I haven't even told you or reminded anyone what it's about. It is about the rise and fall of Adam Newman, who started WeWork, so still very much in that Silicon Valley genre. <laughs> and it's remarkable because the character of Adam Newman is unlike anyone I've ever seen. Like you kind of always have a hunch that to create a business worth billions and billions of dollars, you have to have a certain personality. Yeah. And boy, does he have a certain personality.
0: He's a cracker, that one. When you listen to the podcast, quite the curious man. Quite the curious man. Now, Jared Leto
1: plays Adam Newman, Anne Hathaway plays his wife, Rebecca. Anne is amazing. Anne, Anne Hathaway. As if on first name basis. <laughs> Annie Miguel. is <laughs> incredible. I love seeing her back on my television screens. Not that she's fully disappeared, but she did have a bit of a hiatus for a while.
0: What will always be the Anne Hathaway movie for you guys that you love? Because for me, it's oh. just always going to be Devilless Prada.
1: Oh, I thought the obvious answer Princess. was Princess Diaries. Yes.
0: Oh, see, every time I think of her, I think of her as Andy Sachs in the Devil Wears Prada (sighs) and I see that like (laughs) 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 that as well actually it's probably a toss-up but she is so so great and it has been pretty impressive how she is stayed in the public eye and continually reached success.
1: Yeah, and I think, not that it's entirely relevant, but a lot of headlines around her this week with all the promo stuff around is that she is ageing backwards and she is absolutely ageing backwards. She looks younger than she did on Princess Diaries. Allow us one (laughs) anti-feminist moment, please, everyone. I said not that it's relevant or important. (laughs) It's just a comment that I've seen around. No, it's on Apple TV+. Plus. It is... Amazing. The first three episodes are out. The fourth episode will come out on Friday and then it's going to be a weekly drop. Love that from you.
0: How was your week? Yeah, it was a good week. I'm excited because the three of us are jetting off to Sydney tomorrow. Yes. I think it's
2: our first trip, just the three of us, isn't it? I came on live shows a few yeah. years ago, but I didn't go interstate with you guys. I met you there. You're like flying with us, staying in a
0: hotel with I us. Know. Not that's in the exciting. same room. Could
2: have had big slump party vibes.
0: But yeah, yeah no, I'm very excited. <laughs> not sure we needed that. <laughs> I am. I'm excited to be traveling with you guys. We are working on your podcast. I know, it's all happening. Well, it is all happening.
1: We've got a couple of recordings scheduled.
0: The show is still, uh, what, a month or two A
2: month away, yeah.
0: hopefully. But it's
2: going to be wicked. It's yeah. going to be so <laughs> gnarly and wicked. I have brought back wicked, haven't I?
0: <laughs> you didn't even bring it back. I said, people don't realize that intro is scripted every week. Zara wrote it this week. You were the one who I put wanted wicked to see if you actually read out wicked, and you did. Mate, I'm not wicked opposed. Yeah. I'm happy to get on the wicked bandwagon. I just
1: don't think people use that word enough. Anyway, do you have a <laughs> recommendation? I do. Have you guys heard of
0: Bad Vegan on oh, Netflix? I've seen it everywhere, but I have no idea what it's about. Shout out to my sister Claire. She messaged me this week and said you need to watch this and then left it for a couple of hours didn't see it and she's like oh my fucking god now I'm deeper into it and you really need to fucking watch it. I'm desperate to talk to someone about this show which I think is the best kind of show when you're watching it you're like I can't believe this I need to debrief. I started watching it last night. I'm an episode in. I think the episodes are about an hour long and it is Epic Netflix has very much lent into the fraudster, scammy kind of narrative. Not more fraud. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, Sarah, this one is oh, different. Please. This one is different, <laughs> and this one is quirky. It all begins in a raw vegan restaurant, and includes a cameo from Sir Alec Baldwin right. and oh. the story of Hilaria Baldwin and how he met. Actually, becomes part of the. It's it's just a wild ride. I just, it doesn't sound sexy. I mean, what? Is it sexy? I would say, well, I mean, another anti-feminist moment. The characters involved or the people involved are extremely attractive. That's actually spoken about a lot. The woman at the heart of this was once referred to as the world's hottest vegan. So she was kind of like the face of veganism in New York and she was kind of like brand vegan. So this isn't a drama? No, it's a docu-series. Right, okay, okay. Yeah, I'll put it on my list. No, you're not going to. Don't (laughs) even bother fucking lying to me. That's fine. I don't need you to watch it. I can guarantee there'll be listeners watching Bad Vegan or about to watch it. And I'm here for the debrief, guys. I'm here to talk about it. Annabelle, I actually think you'd be into it as well. So come all. Guess
2: it's Rotten Tomatoes rating, Zara.
1: Oh god!
2: Oh no! Don't do that. That's L- out of a hundred. A hundred.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well done. Oh, wow. It's
2: good. I'm telling you now, it's good. No, I believe you. I believe you.
1: I just, <laughs> I don't know if I have much more true crime in me this week, but perhaps <laughs> next. Let's get actually into the first segment of the show, Michelle, because we are starting with an influencer holiday from Georgia Love that didn't go down so well on Instagram. It didn't.
0: So if you guys need the refresher, Georgia Love, as Zara just said, was on The Bachelorette a few years ago. She's been a fixture of the celebrity news cycle for the last six or so months she put herself in the middle of that racism controversy in late 2021 after insulting a Chinese restaurant I feel like we've introduced Georgia uh-huh. so many times on this podcast then she found herself in the middle of a workplace dispute at channel 7 where her emails to colleagues were leaked to the press she left that job at channel 7 earlier this year now we have another Georgia love controversy scandal to discuss and it's a big one Yes, and I'd rather not speak about a spook. I don't know about Louie. I've got a um, Julie Gillett twang at the moment. Um, look,
1: I would rather not talk about Georgia Love anymore, but these stories keep coming up, yeah. do you know what I mean? And this is one of the more unique influencer stories because I haven't seen anything like this. So in case you missed it, it all kicked off late last week when Georgia posted a photo of her and husband Lee Elliott in Saudi Arabia with the caption, after only opening to tourists in 2019, we can't state how excited we are to be among the first Aussies to tour Saudi. To us, it's important to see, experience and learn about all cultures around us and to see how much and how fast our world is changing. We can't wait to bring you along on this incredible experience with us. Now, the caption was completed with a tag to the official page for the Saudi Tourism Authority, which was Visit Saudi, and the government's official tourism hashtag, which is hashtag Visit
0: Saudi. Yeah, now the backlash was, was basically immediate. One commenter wrote on the post, as a woman and a journalist, did you not consider the treatment of both groups in Saudi? Why not use your influence and platform to promote somewhere that doesn't have an atrocious record of human rights violations? There were heaps of comments like that. There were also some really interesting tweets over on Twitter. Celebrity journo Peter Ford wrote, this is the country Georgia Love accepted a free trip to visit. Of the 81 convicts who were recently Executed in a single day, you can be sure there is a disproportionate number of women, gays, and possibly journalists. Did you really need a freebie trip that badly, Georgia? It was a weird one to say in your newsfeed because you are
1: very used to obviously seeing influencer trips. And I think, as a bit of context, for people who might not be across this. I mean, we call them influencer trips, but they really originated as media trips. These kinds of trips are traditionally called for mills in the industry. I think they often started with journalists going to locations and having like an all expenses trip paid. They weren't paid to go there, but they didn't pay for a thing. And the expectation originally was to write stories about that. Free publicity. Yeah, exactly. And that's very much sort of become now the job of an influencer to go on these trips and to promote exactly what the tourism body of that country wants you to promote. You see stuff all the time, particularly locally, but you don't see stuff with human rights records as obscene as Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah, well, I was invited to go on a famil when I worked in digital media. It was Rotnest Island, I think yeah. it was. So it's often places around Australia, New Zealand, those kind of countries that are pretty above board, countries that are pretty acceptable. But I found this really interesting Interesting Zara, because you actually scrolled through your feed and landed on this post before the controversy erupted later that day. And you walked into the office immediately and said, I feel weird about this. Like am I right to feel weird about this? So your gut was off as soon as you saw it.
1: Yeah, I think
0: it was just I mean,
1: for those who aren't properly across Saudi Arabia's history and their long history of human rights violations, torture is considered like a pretty valid form of punishment. Public executions are pretty common. And according to recent stats on the rise, protesting, Mish, is considered a criminal act. We know up until a couple of years ago, women weren't allowed to drive.
0: Yeah. Saudi Arabia actually operates under something called a male guardianship system. So, that means a number of things, but essentially it's where a man controls a Saudi woman's life from her birth until her death. In the court system, one man's testimony is worth two women's testimonies. On top of all of that, the country does not at all value freedom of expression, and anyone who speaks out against the regime, particularly gay rights activists, women's rights activists, journalists can be detained, abused and killed. So to see someone like Georgia Love, who is a woman and is a journalist, supporting and promoting, it's the promotion of this country that we can't ignore, is downright baffling. I'm really, really surprised that this was a decision that she and her husband, Lee Elliott, who we also need to include in this conversation. She wasn't Georgia making this alone. I'm just shocked that she and Lee Elliott did this, particularly given the last six months. Yeah, I think for me, it's one of those things where it's like going
1: on an overseas holiday is not just a quick decision, it is like a series of many, many decisions that you have to make along the way to sort of reorganize your life to get there. So there's got to be a lot of thinking going on to get there. And I think even though Georgia has said publicly I wasn't paid for this trip, to me it's not that relevant. It's like whether you're paid to be there or you're having the whole trip paid for, you're experiencing a certain type of Saudi Arabia that's perhaps not, the reality. And I saw some people talking about this on Twitter and I'm really interested in your thoughts, Mm. Mish, because I saw someone say the only thing worse than accepting an all expenses paid trip to Saudi Arabia is going there and paying with your own cash. And I was like, I'm not going to sit here and tell people that they aren't allowed to go places with their own money. Mm. But I will tell people to be conscious of that if they are taking an all expenses paid trip of the messages that they are promulgating. Like, I don't think it's unfair to say that the message you're getting from the Saudi Arabian tourism body are
0: ones that are propaganded. Yeah, 100%. I don't agree with that tweet at all, to be honest. Georgia and Lee were going with the Saudi tourism authority. That is a division of the Saudi government. They are going on a trip that has been approved by that government. And we know what that government has been guilty of doing, not just recently, but for decades. So, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it because, number one, they're basically cozying up to one of the most brutal and cruel regimes in the world. They are essentially contributing to a propaganda machine. I found it really interesting in all of their posts, the use of the terminology Saudi. Instead of saying Saudi Arabia, instead of calling the country what it is, Saudi Arabia, there's been this weird shift towards influences with this trip referring to it as visit Saudi. where in Saudi. And I think that's been quite meticulously thought out, actually. This is the government using the term Saudi instead of Saudi Arabia. They're trying to contribute to this rebrand of a country that doesn't deserve to be rebranded because of the atrocious shit they do every single day. On top of that, I don't like the idea of, oh, well, she's not being paid for it. And I saw that Georgia responded to a lot of people saying, I'm not being paid for this trip. It's a little misleading by omission, I think, because the payment was a holiday worth thousands and thousands of dollars that she likely got for free. She wouldn't have been using the official hashtag. She wouldn't have been tagging the page, in my mind anyway, unless she was there on some kind of influencer trip. And that is payment to me. That is some kind of payment. Even if it's a freebie and not cash in your bank account, you are benefiting and profiting from doing this trip.
1: Yeah, we should note that on Instagram, Lee Elliott did acknowledge a lot of the backlash. He said, we truly hear and understand what some of you are saying and where you're coming from on our decision to come to Saudi Arabia, but the world is changing for the better and Saudi along with it. We strongly believe by Saudi opening up to the rest of the world and by tourists being here, it has to be more accountable. I'm really interested because after that, I don't really think their followers responded well to that sort of justification. They deleted all their posts there, including all their Instagram stories and never posted again. And I'm wondering what happened. Do they stay on the trip? If they can't post, do they have to go home?
0: Yeah, I don't know because it would be quite meticulously laid out, I would imagine, based on experiences we have had in this realm before Zara. You agree to go on the trip and you are signing up to a prescripted number of feed posts, of story posts, of hashtags used, a whole host of things. Like it is very prescriptive what you have to deliver. If they're not delivering on any of that, do they leave the trip Do they I get know. sent home? Because they can't post this stuff now. Like, even that justification doesn't align with reality. One week before they posted, Human Rights Watch revealed that Saudi authorities had executed 81 people in a single day. That was its largest mass execution in years. So there's no way that they can push this Saudi is changing for the better we're here it's a new world it's a new world we're here for the better Saudi Saudi's being held accountable it's like you're really there for a free trip it would have been better to just be self-aware about that and head on a plane home we know that they're home now so I don't know did they head home early because of all this drama or was it just a short-lived trip coming up after the break kylie jenner's baby isn't called wolf anymore and a mailbag submission we cannot stop thinking about but first a word from today's sponsor
1: And now it's time for the quick and dirty. As always, we bring you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. Here we go. Michelle.
0: <laughs> She's blank.
1: So blank. Say blank. wicked.
0: Blank. Say wicked. Michelle Wicked <laughs> Andrews. What would we do with that? You? Know. You're welcome. What have you got for me? What do I have for you? My first story. And just like that, renewed for season two at HBO Max. That is from Deadline. Guys, a super quick one, but one that we cannot ignore. The Sex and the City sequel series. And just like that, is coming back for a second season. Are we surprised? I mean... I am but I don't think I'm the best place to say because I stopped season one halfway through I thought it was a little better than trash to be honest but then I have friends and both of my sisters who went to the end of the season and really loved it apparently the
2: final episodes were really strong really pulled it all together have you watched it and I finished it and I feel the same as your sisters it yeah. really came together by the end yeah. so I'm not surprised
0: everyone's saying it was just two completely different halves of the season first half was really quite weak a little disjointed second half half was super strong and banger so based on that feedback maybe i'm not that surprised
1: it did end on a cliffhanger didn't it yeah and yeah. I, I, deli- I think they i think they would have known all along. I don't think this was ever going to be a one season, one and done thing. I don't think you're also writing a script and ending it on a cliffhanger if you're not yeah. desperate for it to be renewed. So, I mean, good on them. There was a lot of naysayers, particularly a strong one in this room. <laughs> so good on them for overcoming the naysayers and finding some success. Some, yes. uh, some
0: success for Sex
1: and the City. The, real <laughs> for Sex
2: the
0: City. It became the most viewed series premiere of a new original from HBO. So despite all the negative critique, it performed well in streaming numbers, which dare I say is all they even care about yeah exactly my second story Elon Musk and James Franco will testify for Amber Heard in upcoming trial with Johnny Depp that is from People magazine and my 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 in case you missed it Amber Heard, the 35-year-old actress, is being sued for $50 million by her ex-husband Johnny Depp. It's all over a 2018 Washington Post opinion piece in which Amber wrote about being a survivor of domestic violence. Now, Amber Heard never named Johnny Depp in that story but she had accused her ex-husband of domestic violence when they split in 2016 which he denied and I guess those two facts coexisting alongside each other gave Johnny Depp the belief that this was defamatory.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, just a bit of background on their relationship in case you've forgotten. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard met on the 2011 movie The Rum Diary. They broke up in May 2016 when she did seek a domestic violence restraining order against him. Now, as we said, Johnny Depp denied the claims And the former couple settled their divorce out of court in August 2016. She said she donated her $7 million divorce settlement to charity. Now, if this is all ringing a little bit familiar, if that's even a saying.
0: (laughs) Sounding familiar. If this is all
1: ringing a bell or sounding familiar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ringing a familiar. (laughs)
1: Onwards. This is not the first time that these two have gone to trial because it's not the first time that Johnny Depp has sued for defamation, Michelle.
0: Yeah, that's right. So in 2020, he pursued British tabloid The Sun. They called him a wife beater in an article. Now Johnny Depp again believed that this was defamatory, but the court did uphold the Sun's claims that calling him a wife beater was, and I quote, substantially true. Now Johnny Depp also tried to get that decision overturned. He wasn't very happy about it but in march 2021 that was denied yeah it takes a
1: particular type of guy to have one case in the uk prove you wrong and then go after it in a different jurisdiction. So the new trial against Amber Heard for that piece she published in the Washington Post is due to start on April 11. Now you're probably wondering what does actor James Franco and the world's richest man Elon Musk have to do with this? Well, Amber Heard previously told the court that she once confided in Franco about bruises that she sustained from an alleged fight with Depp. Now, in interactions with Elon Musk, Heard apparently said she wanted a restraining order against Johnny Depp, prompting Musk to offer her 24-7 security.
0: Yeah. Now, in his lawsuit, Depp claims that Amber Heard actually had an affair with Musk about one month after they married in 2015. So very, very messy, to say the least. And the fact this is being dragged through the courts again and is about to be pulled apart again means we're probably going to uncover even more ugly details about this relationship.
1: Yeah, incredibly ugly details. And... You've got to ask the question once again, like these defamation cases that are quite exposing for the people even filing them in Mm. Johnny Depp, but we will wait and see to see how they go with Musk, to see how they go with Franco and to see how Amber Heard fares through all of it.
0: Yeah. Well, we haven't even mentioned that JK Rowling will also be pulled into this particular court case as well. More than 1500 items will be examined, mostly texts, emails, journal entries and audio recordings. One item is apparently an exchange between JK Rowling and Johnny Depp. In 2017, J.K. Rowling actually stood behind Johnny Depp despite Amber Heard's allegations of domestic violence. She released a statement saying, based on my understanding of the circumstances, I'm genuinely happy to have Johnny playing a major character in the movies. She was referring to him being cast in Fantastic Beasts. Johnny Depp was ultimately let go from that role in 2020 after the evidence that was revealed in that libel lawsuit that The Sun won. So, just a lot going on here a lot of famous names being pulled into it and it's increasingly dirty my third story molly may haig and boyfriend tommy fury start new chapter as they secure dream house after three years search that is from metro yeah
1: so in case you missed it molly may haig and her partner tommy fury best known for win not winning coming second in love island Mm. uk posted on instagram this week that they have bought a house Molly May wrote on Instagram, hey guys, I can't believe we actually got to this point. A three-year search for our first home, which some of you have followed, has finally come to an end. Now, Molly May made a decision when she announced the purchasing of this house that she was going to open another Instagram account called Molly Maison, Mm. which is what, Michelle?
0: I have zero idea. (laughs) You did French in high school. I'm going to say Molly's home. Yeah,
1: Maison is like a home house. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) a lovely play on words from Molly. And she said when she released this account, and it already has like 600,000 followers at the time of recording, it's been up for like a day or two. I know some of you will be surprised that I wanted to open an Instagram account documenting the small renovations we're doing on this house and, you know, the interiors because, of course, Michelle, last year they were very publicly robbed in October. Yeah.
0: Yeah, their house was burglarized. So thieves broke into her home and stole over 800,000 pounds worth of belongings. That happened last year and was obviously very rattling for the couple, right?
1: Yeah. Well, she said in a YouTube video about it after, it was without a doubt the worst thing that's ever happened to me, to us, I'd probably say. It was just awful, horrendous, terrible. So we have been dealing with a lot. Now, what I also found interesting at the time is she said, I never thought if I was to be robbed that I would feel guilty for being robbed. But I think seeing a lot of the things on social media and seeing a lot of people's opinions about why we were robbed, I started to feel like, God, was this my fault? Do I share too much? Did I do the wrong thing?
0: Yeah, but this is what's really interesting now, Zara, because she is going to be sharing her home again, which was the decision that she kind of regretted slightly last year. She felt like, By sharing so much of the interior of her home, she gave thieves clues as to where she lived and that was kind of instrumental in how they found her. Similar to the Kim Kardashian Paris robbery story, right? If you share too much on social media, people will be able to find you. Now... With this new home account, she did acknowledge this kind of flip. She said, I know a lot of you won't have expected me to do a home account as I have become a lot more private about what I post of our home life. However, having a home account is what I've always dreamed of doing. I've decided that I don't want to let the past control my future, the way I live my life and what I share with you guys. This account will show snippets of our home, this crazy new journey we're embarking upon and day-to-day life within our house." My gut reaction to this initially was to say, Oh my God, don't do that. Like, I, this is so dangerous. You're putting yourself in a really compromising situation again. But the longer I've sat with it, the more I'm like, Fuck yeah. Like, do whatever uh, you want. Go for it. It's yeah. actually really lovely that you can be in a place where you can just live your life the way you want to live it. And I think Molly would know if she gets burgled again then she gets burgled again and that would suck and it would be awful. However, she can't stop living her life or doing what she genuinely wants to do and she can't kind of stifle her own creativity because she's living in fear. So even though this might be the riskier option, I actually really fucking love it for them.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that there would be a lot of people who would be holding their breath on their behalf, Mm. which is so bizarre because at the end of the day, this is their life and their decision, and I think you're absolutely right. If you watch her YouTube video as well, she's like, I'm not going to be showing everything, like, but I will be showing you snippets of how
0: certain rooms change. And I'm like, you know what, if that's what you want to do, go for your life. Yeah, my fourth story. Welp, there it is. New South Wales Police is investigating the alleged distribution of DOMS not safe for work Pick that is from Pedestrian TV, Zara, and of course, it is talking about the married at first sight scandal that has seized the nation.
1: Yeah, exactly. Now, a quick recap for those who don't watch the show and full disclosure you are amongst friends. You're amongst friends. We don't watch the show, but gosh, it's been hard to escape this year, but also every year.
0: Yeah, and we have researched and gone back and watched episodes now to. Get across what the fuck is going on. Exactly. Now,
1: in this season, contestant Olivia found out that a fellow contestant, Domenica, had an OnlyFans account. Now... On that account, somehow Olivia managed to get her hands on a nude photo of Dom and she then proceeded to share the image around the other group of contestants who all spoke about the photo for days before it was brought up with Domenica at a dinner
0: party. Yeah, well, the fucked thing was... It was kind of brought up with Domenica. It was mostly brought up with her partner, yeah, 100%, Jack. was like, did you know this? Which was gross. It was kind of levelled at him to be like, not only did you know this, but are you okay with it? Like, do you know that your partner's got nude photos on the internet as if she's your property? And did you know your partner did that? And there was so much faux concern around it as well. Yeah, 100%. And this has also sparked a national conversation, not just about nude photos and OnlyFans, but also slut shaming thankfully Domenica's partner on the show Jack has been a gem like as far as what he could do or how he could behave in this situation I think most people who have watched the show or gone back and watched clips would say and would attest he's done a really stellar job at being a really supportive and stand-up guy
1: yeah I totally agree with that Now, I think the other reason that this garnered a heap of outrage, and truthfully, it garnered so much outrage, that a Change.org petition demanding the eSafety Commissioner take action against Olivia had 120,000 signatures. At the time of recording, was also inflamed by this idea that Olivia said she struggled entirely to have any empathy for Dom in this scenario. It was an incredibly bizarre scene to watch because, yes... I agree with the rest of the country. Olivia is incredibly problematic here. But I was also deeply, deeply troubled by almost everybody else sitting at that table who Mm -hmm. were equally – as concerned for Domenica that there were nude photos around about her and pretending that they had her best interests at heart when they were sharing this information with her, even though they were sharing the info and the image with themselves for days before they spoke to her about it.
0: It was bizarre behaviour to see from fully grown adults. Like really bizarre behaviour. And then to hear someone on national television say, I actually really struggle to feel empathy and I struggle and I don't feel empathy for Domenica in this situation was quite chilling, particularly when you learn that Olivia, the person who gave those quotes, is planning on becoming a teacher, a profession where you'd say empathy is of the utmost importance, to say the least. Now, as we said in the headline, the latest development on this story is that late on Tuesday night, New South Wales Police Media Liaison Officer Adam Curley told Pedestrian that they are investigating the incident. This is a passage from the article, He said officers at the Inner West Police Area Command received a complaint on Saturday about the alleged distribution of an image without consent that occurred in late 2021. Inquiries are continuing and no further information is available at this stage. It's going to be really interesting to see if anything can be done about this. I think we all agree, not just the women sitting on this table doing the podcast. I'm pretty sure everyone listening would agree. This is disgusting behaviour. Is it criminal behaviour though? That's not quite clear. For the sake of clarity, it's been reported that this image was posted on OnlyFans, but it was also posted in full on Twitter as promotion for the OnlyFans account, which is quite common for OnlyFans creators to use Twitter as a platform. It's far more sex positive than Instagram, for example. So it's not clear if Olivia obtained this image behind a paywall on OnlyFans or actually downloaded it for free on a publicly accessible platform in Twitter. And that fact Could influence whether or not the police have anything to pursue.
1: Yeah I think for me the fact that we don't know and the fact that she doesn't really feel like she wants to say is a little dodgy Mm. for mine. Like if it's not clear entirely where this photo has come from I have a bad feeling in my gut.
0: Yeah my fifth story Kylie Jenner's second child is now the baby formerly known as Wolf. That is from Vanity Fair. my goodness so in case you missed this one as well
1: but I would be surprised if you did. Kylie Jenner And Travis Scott have changed the name of their baby wolf. (laughs) Now, on Monday, Kylie Jenner posted both a YouTube video to her son using the same very iconic music that she used when she did that little video to Stormy when Stormy was born. And then alongside that, after it was uploaded, she posted on her Instagram story <laughs> saying, FYI, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. We just really didn't feel like it was him. Just wanted to share because I keep seeing Wolf everywhere. Now, when I, <laughs> I, I wonder why. Yeah, I saw this <laughs> story and I was like, wait, you you saw so, what well, you see Wolf everywhere
0: because that's what you told us to call him. <laughs> I love that this was written like a clarification on a rumor that wasn't true. Like just want to clear it up because I keep seeing incorrect information all over the place. It's like Kylie, you gave us that information. Are you surprised that we all Thought the baby's name was Wolf when you told us the baby's name was Wolf. Also, like, tell us what the new name is because <laughs> yes. now we've just got like formally Wolf, like <laughs> ex Wolf.
1: That's <laughs> literally all we've F-K-A got to go Yeah. <laughs> Do
0: we have an Oracle prediction on what the new
1: name is going to be? No, it- but I got a few messages yesterday from people Ooh. saying maybe you couldn't get your prediction because of you know you couldn't have sensed this in the atmosphere.
0: Oh, um, the future was too blurry, too murky, <laughs> yeah. too many changes. It clouded your Oracle judgment. Well, go on then. We know that the path. Forward will be clear they can't change it again but so what makes me think is they're not actually even sure on this second name that's why
1: they're not releasing it to the masses
0: what vibe do i get i get the vibe that it's going to be more connected to stormy that's like what i was going to say like cloud. lightning. Yeah, wow. I'm gonna go cloud. Do I think cloud? <laughs> I don't cloud. Like it. I'm still gonna stick with heaven, which was the name I thought. I still kind of originally. rate that. That hasn't. That's you gonna, hated it when I said heaven.
1: No, I. No, my issue is when you said there's lots of people around called Nevaeh, and, and I never had. Me- we <laughs> had a Nevaeh reach out, being like, "I am Nevaeh." Great. One out of how many listens do we get a week? <laughs> Great. Now, a few people have been wondering naturally whether Tammy Hembrow had anything to do with this, <laughs> because as we know, Tammy has a son called Wolf, and uploaded some funny instagrams like actual funny instagrams in the days after x-wolf was born Mm. i don't think tammy had anything to do with it but i love the conspiracy theories i don't
0: think so i mean they were acquaintances at one point tammy attended one party for kylie jenner years ago i don't think they're like ex-best friends who are feuding behind the scenes i think to be honest, Kylie wouldn't have even really noticed the stuff about Tammy Hembro, I don't think. I don't think so, but I like that people are guessing that to be
2: true. Annabelle, mm. any prediction for the name before name. we move on? Um, I reckon my gut is telling me. Oh, my gut's telling me nothing. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Doggy. <laughs> oh,
1: all right, that's, that's it for the quick and dirty.
2: <laughs> Scoot me out of here.
1: Doggy. Doggy. <laughs> With a W? Of course. Hmm.
2: You've got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words.
1: All right, guys, it is that time in the episode. We have another mailbag that we are desperate to unpack. Annabelle Lee, ready to do the honours?
2: Yes, I shall. It's my job. It's your job, (laughs) so please do it. This one reads, Hi, girls. I'm writing about one of my oldest and closest friends who is soon to be married. The thing is, she hasn't chosen me to be in her group of bridesmaids. I know it's her choice who she wants to stand with her on the day, and I'm not questioning that choice at all. It's more that I'm now really struggling with my own hurt, and I suppose the realisation that someone I consider to be as close as family mustn't view me in the same way. It's just made me feel a bit silly, very upset and a bit anxious that perhaps my perceptions of other friendships are skewed too. Maybe I'm not a good friend to anyone in the way that I thought. Maybe I don't actually have any close friends. It's also hard to know that there are people in the bridal party whom my friend has told me recently that she feels a little distant from. I can't help but feel that if this is what I've heard about those who she considers to be the most important people in her life, it's pretty indicative of how she considers me. I know my response is that this is mine to manage, not hers. I also haven't told anyone how I'm feeling because I feel so trivial and superficial but I'm still really hurting. Oh, my heart. I I saw this drop into our inbox literally the minute it
1: dropped in and I opened (sighs) it up and I thought, firstly, fuck, and what a beautiful friend you are. Do you know what I mean? Like my first overriding sense when I read this was you are so deeply self-aware and socially Mm. aware to be like, I'm so hurt by this, but I won't let her know that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My heart's just – like it breaks my heart when you – Read someone's story about feeling like maybe they don't have any close friends. Like this all takes me back and choosing bridal parties really takes me back to choosing MySpace top friends. Yeah. And like I remember I will never ever forget in year nine, it was the day before year nine camp logging onto MySpace and seeing that the person I thought was my best friend and who had me in that top spot in their MySpace top friends had dropped me to like number four. Like I know it's so trivial and so silly. And it's so teenager-esque. But I will never forget that feeling. Feeling like someone is your number one and you are their number four, five or even lower on the list is a truly crushing feeling that I think surely everyone has experienced in some way, right? And I care heaps about this submission as someone who is getting married and as someone who has recently selected their bridal party. Truthfully, choosing my bridesmaids and my partner choosing his groomsmen was by far and away the most stressful thing we had to decide. Like we spent so much time going over it and over it because exactly what this reader has submitted, that fear of upsetting someone and of making someone feel like they're not special to us when they are. But bridal parties have so many kind of parameters around them of what family might want what you might want what the bridal parties you've been in in the past even wanting to reciprocate that for your friend like it is a very layered very complicated thing to land on for me anyway
1: I think so often as well we're told that weddings aren't about us like they're about the people getting married But I don't know if that's always true. Like weddings often affect people in many, many, many ways. Like I would love to say that's not the case. I would love to say that they exist in a vacuum and you just go there and celebrate two people who love each other and that's that. But the reality is... People get sad because they're not invited. People get annoyed because they might have to fork out heaps of cash Mm. to be part of this celebration. And people feel devastated when they realise that maybe their friends mean more to them than they do to their friends. And I think for me... With that in mind, I don't think this is silly or trivial, particularly in the way that you've worded it, because it's far more layered than saying she hasn't picked me to be part of this like very old tradition that really is quite arbitrary at the end of the day. Yeah. It is bigger than that, and there's clearly deeper insecurities at play here that really, really do matter.
0: Yeah. I also feel like as a bride, there is this strange pressure externally, and I wonder if other people feel that way, or maybe you guys thinking into the future, if you want to get married, if that's something you will feel because I did when I was choosing my bridal party think like what kind of meaning or what kind of conclusions are people going to draw from a group of people that yes I love and adore and I can't wait to have beside me on my wedding day but who also aren't superior to the friends and loved ones who aren't chosen in my bridal party like I think in a guest role, I have in the past looked at people's bridal parties. I remember we've spoken about this, Zara. I remember doing it to Hamish Blake when he didn't have Andy <laughs> Lee. When Andy <laughs> Lee wasn't Hamish Blake's best man, I remember thinking, "Oh, like what does that mean? Yeah. And in reality, most of the time I don't think it means all that much. But I do think for some
1: people it is a major thing. Like I with great respect, mm. to you it might be a decision that you're making in certain parameters or whatever it might be, but to other people It is huge and it is them saying these are the three people that are my best friends and these are the people I want to tell the world about. And I think that's why we make those connections. I don't think we make those connections pointlessly. Mm -hmm. I don't think we make them up in our mind. We make them up for a reason I think for me it is a very public way of saying these are the people I want by my side whether or not the bride and groom intended that to be the case that is what we see that's what we're told to see like Mm. fuck it's like you're saying hey here's a yellow circle but don't say it's yellow do you know what I mean like that's what we're told to see so of course this listener is going to write in and say I'm not standing next to her there is also perhaps an element of shame here to be like I've told everybody for so long that this is my best friend and she doesn't consider me the same I kind of want to know Michelle whether brides or grooms or whoever it might be getting married owe it to the people they're not including in a bridal party an explanation as to why
0: this is such an interesting one because when I heard you read that out Annabelle struck me. I didn't tell any of my friends outright, you're not a bridesmaid. What I told them was I've chosen my bridesmaid. This is the group I've gone for and why. And a lot of my bridesmaids are family actually. So I didn't sit anyone down to be like, I have news to break to you. You're not in my bridal party. Because truthfully doing that would have made me feel like a dickhead. Like it would have made me feel like I'm so self-important and so navel gazy that I think the selection of who's in my bridal party is going to rock someone's world if they're not included. But then reading this submission, I'm like, should I have – done that? Like maybe I wouldn't have looked like a dick. I think you would have been a dick if you did that, (laughs) to (laughs) be honest. I think
1: it's not about that. I don't think it's about sitting someone down and saying, you're not in my bridal party and this is why. But it's about being socially aware and really emotionally intelligent to be like, who could be surprised by this decision? And thinking, all right, well, I might go to them and say, here's how else I want you involved in this day. Here's the way that I want you to be a part of it because you're a huge part of my life and you're very, very special to me. Mm. I would hazard a guess that if this listener had been sat down. And was told, "I love you, and I want you to do read a poem on the day, or yeah. I want you to come and get ready with me." And this witness is, me signing yeah, the paper yeah. because I love you so much. I don't think we'd be getting this submission at all. I I think there are definitely ways to mitigate the complicated nature of weddings. It's just that a lot of people choose not to do it. I also think it really stood out to me when this listener wrote that there are people in the bridal party who her friend has just told her late last year that she's felt awkward and distant from and that she feels disengaged from her life. This does say a lot to me and I don't want to project or guess too much but that's literally (laughs) what I'm about to do. Let me do it anyway, yeah. It makes more sense to me that your friend is trying to appease or even somehow claw back a group of friends that she feels lost from and she feels disengaged from and using her wedding to do that she's doing this with the friends she's not entirely sure will stick around and I think it's the oldest cliche in the book that you don't try to impress or fight for the people you just assume will always be around those really good really consistent ones and that doesn't make it right in fact it makes it in my mind, almost worse. But I do think to understand the psychology of insecurity and to understand the psychology of why she might have made these decisions might mean it has absolutely nothing to do with you and far more to do with her trying to hold on some semblance of friendship she's not sure she can with these people.
0: Yeah. How does this listener work through this without actually consulting the very person she's kind of been hurt by? Like, how is she supposed to move on from this if we're taking the approach of, well, this is the bride's moment, this is her wedding, let her be, don't deal with this because I'm not exactly clear in my head. I don't think she should go to the bride, but then I'm not exactly clear on how she's going to get any closure or any sense of like calm out of this. It just seems like a really shitty situation and she's going to have to now sit through this wedding and feel like, well, fuck, I'm not that important.
1: I think I've got two thoughts, but again, I don't think either of them are particularly earth shattering because I do agree with you. I think there's some sense of being like, that sucks and I'm really sorry, but there's not much to do. I think we talk a lot about unrequited romantic love, but we don't talk a lot about unrequited friendship love. But I think if we are to think very logically about that concept of unrequited friendship love, which is just the fact that I perhaps feel more strongly about them than they feel about me. Is it possible to remove your ego from this scenario and say, does our relationship fundamentally change just because my perception of it is different to theirs? Mm. Like if she is the kind of friend that's always there for you, if you're the kind of friend that's always there for them, if it's a really important relationship in your life... Doesn't matter how either of you consider that friendship. Like, does anything actually change? Yeah, I know that's an impossible ask to put on someone to remove their ego from this because I don't know if I'd be able to do it. But it did make me think a lot being like, if your sort of day-to-day is not changing, what changes?
0: Yeah, that's so fair. I think also just if I was in your position to this listener, out of curiosity, I would just want to give my friend an opportunity to tell me and to kind of have a conversation. I would probably bring up wedding planning and ask, I don't know exactly what question I would land on because who are you having for bridesmaids? It's a little (laughs) on the nose, but I might ask, how are you going I don't know have you booked in hair and makeup those kind of questions where you need any help yeah where it's about (laughs) a group of people like you have to normally people book hair and makeup for the whole bridal party or book accommodation for the bridal party whatever I'd kind of venture there because you're honestly really curious as well it's one of your best friends weddings and give her that open opportunity where the conversation is on the track of going right Like, let's clear the air and just talk about this openly and candidly.
1: And if you can't get that off the ground, like if that goes nowhere, I think you have to wait for the wedding to be over, wait a month or two. And then I think you can bring it up. I think then it's probably most impactful because I would have a lot of respect for a friend who came to me about something who waited six to 12 months because they didn't want to kind of add any more stress to my life. But if it's still on your mind, then go and talk to her then. And I know it's a long time to sort of sit with it, but I think- yeah, it would have the biggest impact then. And I would hope that she would tell you all the things that you wanted to hear.
0: Yeah. And you are a great friend. And this submission was so self aware, as you said, Zara. And we are thinking of you because it does suck. And you should validate that. It sucks. And we've all felt it in different ways at different points in our life. And we're thinking of you because it's like, it seems trivial at first, but it's not that trivial at all. No,
1: absolutely. Guys, I think that is all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening. To the whole thing, if you got to <laughs> the last minute that we're at right now,
0: let's give him a code word. What's a code word if you listen this far? It can be doggy. Doggy. <laughs> doggy. You know,
1: yeah. but people still might send us that regardless. <laughs> and if you also have submissions for us, if you want us to unpack some of your mailbag questions, we are hello at shamelessmediaco.com. We certainly don't bask in your dilemmas, but we would love to help in any way we can.
0: We love to help unpack them. We are on Instagram at shamelesspodcast, TikTok at shameless underscore podcast.
2: Annabelle Lee, any closing message? Okay, one, have a wicked day. And two, (laughs) see you on Saturday for Book Club. See you on Saturday for Book Club. Thanks so much, guys. Bye.